let's crack open a beer and share some thoughts. Welcome to Opinions, and this is a bit of a first for us because we're recording on a bank holiday Monday during the day, not that any of that means anything anymore. Yeah, what's a bank holiday? Exactly. It's, it's, there's no, I've no idea. It uh, feels like every day is a bank holiday at the moment. I think for some people, uh, it probably does feel like that. I mean, obviously, I've still got work, but I know for you, I can't imagine bank holiday Friday, bank holiday Monday. They all, all end just, in the work. All just rolled into one, mate. They're just day. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's all just rolled into one. Um, but I've got a bit of light respite anyway, because I do have uh, a fantastic beering glass, as, as, as I know you do. Um, this week, we're drinking some beers from the Cheshire Brewhouse, uh, which, once again, the owner, Shane Swindles, has been very, very kind in sending the both of us uh, a care package. Yeah, um, thank you, Shane. And we have been thoroughly enjoying trying those ahead of actually recording the show with with the beers that we really wanted to showcase from the selection that he sent us. Yeah, so, hashtag, hashtag research. Yes, yes, we are nothing if but thorough. <laughs> um, what are you drinking, mate, from, from the selection that Shane sent over to us? This is one of the ones I haven't sampled so far. Uh, Cheshire Gap. It's a pale ale. Comes in at 3.8%. And a bit like some of the other beers which he's recently gone into cans although they've got quite a traditional feel to them they really do come across as like a quality cask beer packaged in a 440 milliliter can and this pale ale is is no exception to be honest it's actually superbly drinkable and very sessionable very light fruity soft mouth feel carbonation is I had to make the combination all the cans I've had from him so far, including the Gibraltar Porter, which I think may or may not get a mention later on in the show. <laughs> um, is uh, They've just been really good. And the artwork on the cans, um, I think, have been stunning as well. Yeah, they really stand labels. out, don't they? Yeah, I think it's really good. And he just seems to be churning out new ones, even since this care package has arrived as well. There's another two or three releases coming up by the looks of it. So um, he's definitely keeping busy. I was going to say, I'm guessing he's got nothing but time on his hands at the moment. So no, that's probably it because the, the, the tap room ain't going to be running, is it? So no. he, he definitely has more time in it, on his hands. Keep, um, keep the beer moving through the system. Exactly. And what have you got? I have got the uh, DBA, which is a Burton style pale ale um, coming in at 4.6%. Uh, this is the second time I've, I've had this and it is absolutely delicious. Um, it is straight away up front. It's it's got a really creamy mouthfeel. Um, there's lots of caramel and like malty biscuit in there, which then gives way to just like a little bit of little bit of almost like a spicy rye sort of note to it in the middle before coming in on a really really clean bitter finish. And it's just an absolute delight to drink. Um, and I think picking up on one of the points that, that you said about uh, these canned beers is they do taste like cask beer in a can. Yeah, and it's probably the closest I've had for, for canned beers that are, I can I can close my eyes and I can picture that I'm drinking the same beer in a nice pub, in a beer garden, and it feels like a cask beer straight away. I don't have to use my imagination very much. It is literally just transferring myself to a pub. And I, I've been massively impressed, I have to admit. 
I've been massively impressed. Yeah, same same here. And and once again, we are really grateful to to Shane for sending those over to us. Now he did also um, send a note on on Twitter at the weekend when I when I tried this particular beer for the first time, um, and he was talking about the style of it being a Burton style pale oh, yeah. ale. Um, and basically, what he was saying was a true Burton owl is barley wine like bass number one. Uh, that beer is our homage to Indcoop's Burton owl, which many say is actually an IPA. Uh, he was just starting his beer drinking journey when this beer was released, like originally released. Um, and it was a great Burton bitters like Pedigree and Bass. And that's what he's aimed for is kind of those those traditional style beers with this. And I I think he's absolutely nailed it. Um, I do. I think you, I think there's two words which are really telling in that note from Shane, which you left off. And um, he finished off that sentence by saying "once were." Once were. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. And um, and I think that's probably where I'm really enjoying the beers that Shane does, and equally um, Steve from Beer Nouveau as well. Is that they're the they're, they're trying to recreate what some beers once were, not just. I mean, because Pedigree and Bass, you can still get now. Yeah, but they're a shadow of their former selves. Yeah, exactly. And I think, you know, they're doing a stunning job. I mean, so, you know, I've waxed lyrical more than once about my love for the Govinda Chevalier edition. And um, incidentally, I think Shane sort of teased he might be putting that in cans soon as well, the Govinda. he did, and he did also mention actually that in this uh, in the DBA, he's actually used used some of the Chevalier malt as as well in this, so it gives it kind of that feel. Ah, that could be one of the reasons why we've both really enjoyed it. Then I reckon so because we both enjoyed the Govinda for sure. Yes, yeah, and, and I will, I for one will be looking forward to seeing if that does come in cans because I I think I'll probably do what you did on on that particular evening and just buy a whole case of them. <laughs> It went there really well at the work beer tasting as well. The, yeah. There wasn't any of those left over. So they did go down really well across a wide section of people. So, yeah, I, no. I think it's just because it's such a different beer. It's, it's like nothing that a lot of people would have experienced before. Definitely. Definitely. So, yeah, it'd be interesting if it tastes the same as it did before and what it's like in cans. And uh, we've both got a second beer from Cheshire coming up. So we'll see what those are like. We will. So while we're working our way through the first beer, we do have a little bit of news this week. A few things that we just wanted to touch on. Um, so first up is this fantastic scheme that's been put together by uh, a number of independent breweries from all over the UK, which is called By the NHS A Pint. Um, now, I think I'm right in saying that this actually originated possibly at Gypsy Hill. I think they were the first ones that that, that did this and um, it's basically expanded from there and basically the the concept is is that while you're ordering a selection of beers from certain breweries you can buy the NHS a pint by putting um, selecting that option in their shop paying a fiver and then what they're going to do is they're going to pay that forward in in the future so they'll have um, evenings at the at their tap rooms that will allow NHS NHS staff or registered volunteers to come into their bars and essentially have a drink on on us on on people that are, are buying beer so the breweries involved are duration fine owls wylam cloudwater north verdant and left-handed giant um daya gypsy hill and boundary in northern ireland as well and i think i think that's just a great little scheme that they've come up with yeah it's it's a wide cross section as well because i think I, I read a bit about this myself via the Guild uh, Daily Update, uh, the Guild of 
British beer writers and they noticed like with duration, duration were going to allow it to be paid forward to a couple of venues in their area because of where they are so that they could maximise their bit of like Norfolk and Suffolk, so to speak, so that, you know, the more more people can get to those places to have it. I think it's a wonderful idea and, you know, uh, not sure which one I'll be ordering from next, but if, if whoever I order from, if that's on there, then yeah, why not? Absolutely. It's, it's, it's roughly the standard delivery charge, isn't it? I yeah. Mean, it's great, when, great when idea. All said and done. Yeah, great, great concept. So, and again, just encourage our listeners if you're buying from any of those breweries, make sure you buy the NHS pint yeah. um, before you check out as well. Um, it's a cracking idea. Next up uh, on the news, and and again in terms of some some great practice that we're seeing at the moment, um, comes from Brewdog. Now, I am normally the first person to have a go at Brewdog for the things I do, but yes, you I, are. <laughs> I, I think I think their behaviour during this lockdown period has been absolutely exemplar in in, in terms of the things they're doing. So uh, just a few of the things that, that that they're doing. So both James Watt and Martin Dickey have um, said that they're taking no salary from the business for the rest of 2020. Um, uh, a lot of senior management and directors have have also taken a pay cut as well. I believe they've essentially furloughed all of their staff that work in in their bars. And they've also sent out to every one of those staff, over 900 of them, over 900 cases of beer to their staff as well as as a, as, as a gift. Um, on top of that, they're obviously doing the great work with the hand sanitizer as, as well. And I just think, I think credit where it's due, they, they are absolutely um, a shining light of best practice in, in this situation that we find ourselves in. Yeah, um, I, I think that, um, like you say, credit where credit's due. If, um, if, a, if a company takes the heat when they're, when they're being a bit, a, bit, a bit shit, then equally when they're not, they should also get the credit for that. And I think, no, I think they've done really well. Um, I've been amazed at the amount of people who still want to jump on it, regardless of what they're doing um, with publicity and stuff like that. But basically, anyone who's doing anything good, as I said before, tell me about it because I need good, I need good news in my life. A bit like we were talking about the buy the NHS a pint scheme. Look, keep on feeding me the good news. This is what I need in my life. They, I, I don't have to go very far to see bad news or hear about bad news. So the more good news I see, the, more, the better balanced my life is. Okay, so that's um, that's the news, and it's it's great to have, like you say, it's great to have that good news at the moment. It's great to 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 hear these little bits of of things that that, that breweries and bottle shops and everybody's getting involved in. Um, obviously, we're still stuck at home, so so we've not been able to go out anywhere and and and, and have our beery adventures. Um, but but what have you been up to since since last week, mate? Any um any standouts beer wise? Well, I mean, I had a virtual, I've had a couple of virtual nights out, uh, one of them being uh, with your good self when we had the bottle share yeah. uh, a week ago. Uh, that was good fun. I think we had 10 of us on there at one point, to, you know, around about the half, half nine, 10 o'clock mark. And using Zoom, it worked really well, I thought. Um, everyone got into the swing of it. I mean, I dropped out about half 10 because um, everyone else in the house was going to bed. So I had to quieten it down a little bit. But I think... You went on to half 11, but I think the share went on till about half 12, didn't it? Yeah, it was possibly one of the latest shares ever. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, like I say, I dropped out about an hour after you. Um, but I think there was still a hardcore that carried on going 
and, and until the early hours. But no, it was it was great. And it was a great use of technology that's available at the moment. You know, like you say, 10 of us got together. We had a few beers. It was great that we had managed to somehow synchronize it so that we all uh, at one point we were all drinking the same beer as, as well. The, the Formbridge Pondera. Yeah, as it happens, uh, and I don't think that's going to be the last time that beer is going to get mentioned tonight either. No. But no, it was it was it was it was great to be it was great to be part of that, and I think for the foreseeable future, that's that's going to be how our bottle share runs, isn't it? Oh, I can't see it changing for at least the next one anyway. I mean, after that, who knows? But yeah, it was it was great fun to do that, and then ironically, the night after that is when I did my recording with Owen Walsh for Cabin Fever. I think a couple of nights before you did yours. So I actually got told off for having two nights out. <laughs> I was like, I, I, I'm, I'm not out-out. <laughs> Although you could argue the Tuesday did go on longer than normal because there was no, I didn't have to worry about getting a bus and a yeah. taxi or a train yeah, one, and a taxi. One benefit of doing it online, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, uh, but yeah, to mention the Pondera again, I did buy, I bought a second case of that anyway. So I'm still working my way through the Formage Pondera. And my love for the California sun is only increasing as well, especially the good weather we had for the bulk of the Easter weekend. The California sun, I was just, I was just crushing those. I have to admit, it was just so well balanced. It, it's in a, a California sun, a Jaipur and a Pondera is becoming quite a new little trinity of beers for me. I'm, I'm surprised we haven't seen that California sun in a supermarket yet. I really am. Because, um, like you say, at the, at the ABV, at uh, the sessionability that is at, that that would almost make a perfect beer for a supermarket shelf. Yeah, and um, it, I'm sure it will hit there at some point. They probably just need to sort out the shelf space or whether they drop one of the other beers. But who knows? It works really well. It's sessionable, beautifully balanced, and I've got I think another four or five in the cupboard. So they're, they they they'll last a limited amount of time. Drinking fresh. I don't want those hops to fade after all. <laughs> uh, had an online delivery from the Colonel after you told me on the last show that Colonel were doing online deliveries. How, um, how many minutes after we finished recording the last show <laughs> did it take you to order that box? <laughs> well, probably took a little bit longer than expected, but not that long after I told Michelle. Yeah. Um, she, she was fa fairly keen on that. So we went for the variety box. So that's 24 beers. Came in at just over 70 quid. So they had a discount, then plus delivery charge. So sort of netted itself out. 24 bottles of 330, some Saisons, Damson and Citra, some India Pale Ales, some Pale Ales, table beer, brown ale, and some dark beers. So I'm quite happy with the full gambit from um, Colonel anyway. The beer de Saison Citra um, probably would have suited you more than me. It was definitely fruity, but perhaps just not quite funky enough for what okay. I was expecting. Um, so I think that actually needs a little bit more time. And it was two of those. So it was quite nice. I've had one fresh and then the other one is I'm going to, I've pushed back in the cupboard a bit. Um, but the Pale Ale Columbus and the India Pale Ale Nelson Savon HBC 431 were both absolutely fantastic. Again, you could picture having that on tap in somewhere like the Craft Beer Co. in London, and you would be more than happy with it. Had those little bit of earthy notes that you often get with a kernel beer um, and gives you that sort of like slightly rough edge to it. But both of them, the fruit and the balance and the finish, both came through really nicely. I want unmistakably uh, kernel beers. And then my last couple of ones I want to note, 
I return to a classic beer that I return to every now and again and then always wonder why I haven't got more of it. I saw it and I thought, what? okay, just take some. Why, why wouldn't I? I know, and it just never lets me down. It's it just never so good, lets me it? down. It's yeah. so good, yeah. Uh, I was uh, chatting to Clayton on the phone this morning. We got onto subject to beer and stuff and we both agreed. If you compare that, say, to maybe one of its contemporaries, like, I don't know, Lagunitas, the original Lagunitas, that beer is not the same as it once was and is not as good as it once was. As far as I'm concerned, this year Nevada Pale Ale is exactly as good as it was before and continues to be a very smashable, drinkable beer. But so much flavour and balance. Uh, just a little change of tact. Cantillon Rosé de Gambrinus, 2018-19 season. Uh, me and Michelle shared a bottle of that on uh, Saturday. Lovely weather outside. Perfect beer. Nice and fruity. My own personal feeling about this particular uh, Cantillon beer is this is one to drink fresh rather than to age. So if you get all those fruity notes coming through rather than the more lambic side of it coming through. Yeah, I think, you, I think you've mentioned that before. Yeah, that's definitely. I think some of the other ones, especially like the pure lambic, the lambic bio, those kind of ones, they sort of mellow and mature, I think, really well. I think the rosé, the fruit notes start to disappear. And that, I think that's what is so good about it is, is the fruity notes. So, yeah, um, I would say if you've got one in your, your cellar, Steve, to have it. But I don't know if you do have any Cantillon in your cellar. There's, the, the, I, can, I can be very definite in saying there are no Cantillon <laughs> beers in my cellar. Uh, and that's it. That's it. I mean, um, while I've been doing it, I've still managed to finish off my Cheshire Gap Pale Ale at the same time. Yeah, uh, I've, I've been sitting here just uh, supping away at the DBA, and, and that's gone as as well. Um, final thoughts on yours? Well, the men behaving badly, boys, would love the lacing on the inside of my glass right now. I can tell you that much. Um, but yeah, it just carried on all the way through. And actually, what started to come uh, towards the end of it was the dry bitter finish came through. Really, really enjoyable. I have got another one in the fridge, um, which I'll see if Michelle wants to share. And currently, my fingers are crossed that she doesn't. <laughs> it's one of those, is it? It's one of those. I actually don't want to share. I'd quite happily just sink another one right now if it wasn't for the fact I've got another one to open. But before I share what I've got left to open, um, any final thoughts from yourself and your DBA? Uh, no, it's just re- it's a really really delicious beer. It, it's one that I'd really love to try on cask. Um, I think it would absolutely shine. Um, but I, I think Shane has gone as far as you possibly can in terms of recreating cask beer in a can. And uh, eager-eared listeners may have heard you crack open another one already. I, d- I did, yeah. I'm moving on to again from Cheshire Blue Brew House Blues Breaker, which is uh, an American parallel. 4.8%. Interesting that, that I've, I've opened this just as you mentioned about Sierra Nevada because um, I'm going to hold my beer up. Uh, you Obviously, listeners won't be able to see this, but it actually has poured exactly like a Sierra Nevada would look. Yes, it does. In, it in, does in definitely look the same, doesn't it? Um, actually, that was my pre-recording beer. So it'd be interesting to hear, hear what you say about that. Um, I'm following up with another one from Cheshire Brewhouse myself, and this is the Lindo, the Black Lake, Cheshire Stout. Oh, so I had looking, that on the weekend. Yeah, and I'm looking forward to this because, again, based on the darker beers that we've had from Shane and based on, you know, the aforementioned Gibraltar Porter, um, I'm, I'm pretty confident I'm going to like this one. 
Yeah, I, I, I think you will. Um, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I had a bit of a drinking day on on Saturday um, with them. We had a bit of a we had a bit of a virtual drink together uh, using Wasn't the magic a, of FaceTime. A date afternoon slash evening slash night. Very much so. Yeah, <laughs> I I drank a lot <laughs> on, on Saturday. Any uh, uh, standouts from that selection? Uh, I had a couple of ponderas in in there. They're, they're always gonna they're always gonna stand out in a crowd. I had a good few of Shane's beers as as well that I tried. I enjoyed all of those. Uh, I didn't have a bad beer, put it that way. Um, did get to a point where I felt as though I needed gin and and had three gins. And then after the gin, I then thought I need another beer. So I went for a kernel. Um, I had a Imperial Brown Stout 1856 as, as my last beer of that Saturday session. And it was absolutely delicious. It was smooth and kind of creamy, nutty, malty, uh, some really nice roasted notes on the finish. It was ab- it was absolutely perfect, but it it completely finished me off. And you know, M M will testify to the fact that I fell asleep on the sofa while <laughs> on FaceTime to her. Oh, that's brilliant! I wish I had a picture of that. <laughs> <laughs> so so yeah, had a pretty good day actually. Uh, did, did enjoy that one. And uh, other than Saturday, what other sort of standouts have you had? Um, well, I like yourself. I I um, appeared on Cabin Fever um, on on with with, with Owen. Um, I think it was the episode after the one that you was on. Yeah. Um, so I was on with uh, Johnny from the Craft Beer Channel and Lana from a brewery in Ukraine, um, and it was quite nice just to have a chat with some people about how we're all dealing with this thing. Uh, and while I recorded that, I went for basically what's become a bit of a staple, uh, the Bitburger Sierra Nevada Triple Hopped Lager collab, uh, which I think I've only got one left of. Uh, well, so, I'm, I'm worse off than you are. Are, are you right done? Now. I'm done. I just, they're, so, they're so excellent, but I probably shouldn't say any more as, as tonight, tonight's theme for opinions anyway that, that may get mentioned later. Yeah, um, just hold hold that one there. Let's um let's dive into these beers. And anyway, let's not leave them sitting into to the glass too much yes. longer. Uh cheers, cheers, mate. Oh straight away, this uh stout has got sort of just a little bit of hint of smoke and ash in the in the aroma and the flavour. Um it's very light body. Again, great carbonation and just a slight dryness at the end, but that sort of dryness, which just makes you want to refresh straight away Yeah, with it. Um, yeah, I'm looking looking forward to finishing, going, getting my way through this one. So drinkable. That is, yeah. that is so drinkable. Um, the Blues Breaker, the American Parallel, loads of bitterness straight away up, up front, which is lovely. Exactly what I want in this sort of style of beer. Really kind of light, grassy, almost floral-like. A um, little bit of citrus notes going on in there. And then there's that bitterness back at the end, which is, again, for the style, that's what you want. Um, I want an American parallel to be bitter from, from beginning to end because that's what I expect from the style. Yeah. I'd say it's a very um, like a very English take on an American parallel style because the, uh, the, fruit, the fruity element of the beer comes later on, not straight away. You know, if you if we can compare it to the beer we were just speaking about, the Sierra Nevada, then I don't think they're side by side. You can tell they're very different beers, but there's definitely pale America. The American pale ale has taken its nod from our pale ales of years gone by, 
and the Cheshire Brew House has gone to the years gone by as well. But, but they're both very, very good beers. Yeah. So I, I said the Blues Breaker was my warm-up beer earlier. Well, I, need, I, need, I need a warm-up beer on a bank holiday Monday afternoon. Again, what's a bank holiday, mate? I've, I've no <laughs> idea. You, you, we keep mentioning this word, but I just I, I, I don't know. It doesn't compute anymore. Everything's airport drinking rules. Yes, yeah, completely. <laughs> um, well, while we're enjoying these, uh, let's get into this week's question. Opinions, 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 opinions. So we're about a quarter of the way through the year, and we thought we'd ask if there were any Beer of the Year contenders yet from our listeners. So we had 191 votes. Uh, 52.9% of people said yes. <laughs> 47.1 said no, which is interesting that almost half of half of those who voted haven't had a beer this year that they would consider to be good enough for, for, for their beer of the year. Uh, we had over 70 different beers mentioned, but there were three that, that came out above all others that, that kind of kept getting mentioned again and again and again. Um, so they were Siren and Jay Wakefield's Dark and Perilous Nights which is a barrel-aged dark owl, I, I believe. Uh, the Cheshire Brewhouse, Gibraltar Porter, uh, which I think is no su- surprise coming from our listeners that maybe they would have heard, heard us <laughs> drinking it with Nat and gone, I need that. Yeah. Um, and then Siren again with Green Cheek, uh, Every Minute Matters, which I believe was an IPA. So it's, it's quite interesting in terms of there, there were already three beers that from all those mentioned had multiple suggestions for them. Well, out of, out of those three, I mean, I, we've only, I'm pretty certain we've only tasted the Gibraltar Porter. Um, interesting to see that two collaborations by Siren are in there. So that's really good news for Siren. Absolutely, they're, yeah. They're still cracking out these these beers that people really want to to have and, and really rate as well. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the Gibraltar Porter is on my shortlist already. Uh, because I was just blown away when we had that, when we did the show, the show with Nat, because it was just fabulous. And what is it, eight percent plus, something like that? Yeah, <sighs> doesn't, doesn't drink it. No, and it's just superbly, superbly balanced. Lovely chocolate roasty notes. It's still got a quite a, a decent mouthfeel, but it hasn't got one of those, you know, viscous wine-like thick mouthfeels. It just fits in all really nicely so yeah that Gibraltar Port is definitely on my list I have to admit the every minute matters I wouldn't have minded trying that one either no well I've, I've managed to get hold of a bottle of dark and perilous nights um because I know that two brew had it in um so I did I did just message Paul and say can you put one aside um and then they did actually uh they made a they, they were doing some deliveries over this way on Saturday so I managed to get a, a few beers delivered from two brew as well uh, and I managed to sew it. So I've got that in my cupboard, but I'm not quite sure when I'm going to drink it. So um, I, I might reserve uh, opinion on that. But I've heard so many people talk such good things about it that I couldn't let it almost slip through my fingers. Do you think you've been getting FOMO more while we've been on lockdown? Uh, no. I, I, think, I think, one, because I don't think there's the number of releases coming out. I think the releases have slowed down. Um I don't know whether it's FOMO or maybe that there were a few beers that I passed up before lockdown that I wish I hadn't 
that I, that I've then gone back and and sourced. So yeah. I did have an opportunity to to pick up that Dark and Perilous Nights before from Two Brew, and and I, I let it go because of the price point on it, um, and also at the same time I I also let go the um, collab between Emperors and Ampersand, the Mockalorian, which oh, was yeah. which was recently featured on Men Behaving Badly. And after listening to them talk about it, I needed that as well. So luckily Paul still had some of them in. So I, I think I've been quite fortunate in the beers that I I let go, I've been able to actually go back and source from the shop that I know and trust. Oh, that's quite handy, isn't it? Because, you know, they've been looked after as well. Yeah. Okay, so while we're there, why why don't we talk about our beers so so far of the year? Because I, I think we've, we've mentioned there might be a couple. Um, do you want to go first in in terms of there have been any any real standouts for you? I think I think maybe you've already mentioned two of yours. Yeah, we've mentioned a few. Let's you know we've mentioned from Formbridge and the Triple Hop Lager from Bitburger. Um, I had some at the uh, quite early on in the year. I think the first one which stood out for me was that one from Tourside we had in the first week of January, the one-way ticket to Pluto. Oh, the West Coast IPA. Yeah, which was just really nice. 6.8% tasted really, really good. Um, and then a couple of beers that I tried as part of the um, tasting show that I did with men behaving badly in Beers Without Frontiers. Uh, the Bourbon Barrel Age Kitchen Sink from Green Duck Beer Co. An Imperial Milk Stout, 10%. Uh, and also from Round Corner, who I think we've mentioned once or twice on the show, um, having met the guys at the uh, Brew London, Society for the Encouragement of Virtue. Guess what? A Russian Imperial Stout. <laughs> bit, of a, <laughs> bit of a theme developing here. Um, but also the Keller Lager from Braybrook would definitely... Um, is in my shortlist. I'm probably at that stage where I've got a shortlist, but I probably wouldn't be able to dig one out. I mean, a couple of those IPAs we refer to when we did the Budvar show are definitely in my shortlist as well um, because they were just bang on, bang on point for me, tasting really good. So if I look at my BOTY 2020 untapped list, um, there are currently 15 beers in that list. Wow, that's a lot of beers. I know, which means if it carries on at that rate, there's going to be, have to be some filtering by the time we come to record in uh, late November, early December. Yeah, for for sure. I've I've so. only got I've only got five so so far, but I do have a spreadsheet, um, oh. which will probably come as no surprise to anyone. <laughs> um, <clears throat> after last year's convoluted process of identifying what my beer of the year was, and then then choosing one that didn't even match any of the criteria that I had aforementioned. Um, this year, I thought I'd have a spreadsheet. So, And, and the spreadsheet has a scoring system as, as well, um, which is based on a number of criteria that will then give me an overall score. So therefore, that beer with a higher score should be the beer of the year. Can't it just be a beer you really like? Well, it's, it's possibly going to be one and the same. Okay. So are you going to share your score, scoring criteria or are you going to hold that back for another day? Um, I, will, I will share the different categories, but I won't, I won't share how each category is scored for, for okay. now. So the, 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 the beers are scored on pintability. Um, are they on style? Is there like an environment bonus? So was the time and the place, did that elevate how good that beer was? <laughs> I've then got I've then got a FOMO index as as well. So the the more the, the more hyped the beer is, 
the lower the score it will get in that category as, as well. Um, availability and then um, how many times I've drunk that particular beer. Um, so, so those are the different criteria. Uh, the five beers currently on my list um, also represent kind of a bit of a range of styles as well. So one of them is a black IPA from the Colonel, which I had at the Colonel Taproom when, when I visited there earlier on in the year. Um, there's the barley wine from Cloudwater, the IB Who, who I discovered that beer randomly in a bottle shop and bought it and it was amazing. So then I had to buy another one to, to age a little bit. Um, Burning Skies Out of Vogue, their West Coast Palau that, that they released recently, which I thought was cracking. Uh, Whiplash Fatal Deviation, which is an Imperial Stout. Um, and then the, the, the last one is, again, the aforementioned Thornbridge Pondera, which, which I think in terms of West Coast IPA is, is, is an absolute stunning example of that style. Yeah, well, I think it's a, it's a pretty good list. I mean, I'm not sure. I think you need to be in lockdown for the whole year if you're going to be able to maintain this spreadsheet with all the criteria you've got in it. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, I think it's uh, – I'm quite surprised. But I tend – I've got more beers in my list than you have, to be honest. Yeah, well, mine have uh, literally have – it's – you kind of know when you have a beer that you're like, wow, that's really good. And and that's a beer that I will consider as, as as being the best beer that I've drunk this year. I'm surprised a couple of the IPAs from the Czech Republic haven't made it in there. I, I think I think maybe possibly a beer haze going going on there in, <laughs> in, in, in terms of or palate fatigue at, 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 at the time of of just having had too many beers. Is, is well, let, let's not uh, let's not get carried away. Not too many beers. Let's just say a lot. A lot of beers, yeah. Um, let's let's dive into some of uh, the suggestions that, that that people on Twitter made. So first up from Greg Bullman at Greg Bullman, Siren, Dark and Perilous Nights, unbelievable, twelve point four percent Imperial Dark Ale, uh, Thornbridge Pondere will look, probably be my supermarket beer of the year. Now I thought that was an interesting comment because I I don't class it as a supermarket beer because I can't get it in Morrison's. Uh, I know no. it's available in Morrison's. So it does get clark. Maybe it will get wider release still. Who knows? It does definitely qualifies as a supermarket beer of the year, I would say. So um, following up on that one, Andy Parker, I think Siren Dark and Perilous Nights is possibly their best ever barrel release. Also love the Cloudwater English Barley Wine, which I presume is the one you refer to because he's gone in brackets. Can't remember if it had a name. Yes. Yeah. No, I reckon that would be the same one. Now, you see, if Andy Park, you see, now with both you and Andy Parker saying how good the, uh, or the possibility of how good the Dark and Perilous Nights is, I admit, I'm curious myself now, because, I mean, especially from Andy, that's quite a recommendation, because he's pretty well versed on the siren output over the years, isn't he? Yeah. Carrying on on that theme from Joe Cruikshank at AB bridge joe uh dark and perilous nights from siren and jay wakefield was sublime incredibly complex with lots of barrel character tasted somewhat like a pedro jimenez from the manchi at the pie man seven i had bray book keller pills the other night which is the best thing i've drunk this year uh that one's also on my list actually that is on my short list the bray book keller pills i'm pretty certain i'm sure i'll get creative but i'm pretty certain it was the keller that featured in the um crossover episode with men behaving badly and uh, Beards Without Frontiers. And I have to be everything, everything lager-based that I've had from Braybrook. I can understand why people rave about them. 
they they do know how to do a lager. Yeah, yeah. I think so, I might, might yeah. have to hunt that one down again. Uh, from Ronnie Bean, at Ronnie Bean, with a memory prompt from Untapped. Good man. I see that I thought very highly of Fine Ale's Black Forest Meals and Hills Imperial Stout. There's a few big beers getting a mention here, isn't there? Isn't there just... Um... Following that one up, Miles Lambert at Miles Lambert, massive fan of Marbles Barley Wine this year. That's that's a that's an early shout for a big barley wine. Oh, exactly. Is that the same barley wine that we had on the on the crawl? It on the crawl? Possibly, uh, which we did think was a bit young, didn't we? Yeah, we In did. I mean, it was nice. Tasted. It was nice, but maybe young. But you could yeah. definitely, you could almost picture where it might go. Yes. Uh, from Alistair Reese at Fuggled. Almost forgot the Bitburger collaboration with Sierra Nevada. Glorious lager. Uh, no arguments from us. Can't, can't disagree with that one at all. Um, from Mark Johnson at Mark and Johnson. Uh, I track Sonoma is just edging its yearly battle with fine yarl on the basis that I haven't had any yarl yet. But man, Sonoma is good. Um, Cheshire Brewhouse Gibraltar Porter is far away ahead of everything else so far. And that's from Paulie G at Can I Get a P? And then following up on that, uh, beer of the year thus far is Cheshire Brewhouse Gibraltar Porter. It took a while to get some, but more than worth the wait. What a banger. And that's from Rich Swindells. And uh, that's also, uh, I think that's Shane's brother, isn't it? It is, yeah. He was quite upset that Shane sent us some before he sent him some. <laughs> <laughs> I, still think, I still think that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it's great, isn't it, that we've already got uh, quite a range of beers, some some real standouts that have been released so far, what, only sort of like three, four months into the year so far. And it'll be interesting to see what starts to happen over the coming months and also whether any of that is impacted on by the situation that we find ourselves in, in terms of breweries simply aren't brewing at the, the level that they were expecting to be brewing at. Yeah, possibly. And also the fact that everyone's, everyone's brewing at the moment is going into what we would class as small pack, but it, at the moment it's their only pack. It's bottles or cans generally. Yeah. Well, there's, there's a few doing, I've seen a few doing um, bag in a box of, of yeah, like or, cask beers. Yeah, I've seen a few do that as well, especially the traditional ones who haven't necessarily got access straight away to their maybe canning or things like that. Um, but yeah, if, we, if if you take away that, I think I think it's going to be it's going to be quite hard to judge this year because I think there's going to be a lot of good stuff that people would ha, have tried more often at home because yeah. we're doing all of our drinking at home for a period of time. Yeah, well, again, we're all getting to try stuff, and as a result, some people are digging into their stash, in, in into beers that they maybe would have saved for another day. So it, it will be interesting to see where things go. I mean, what we've just gone through there is, is is just a small snapshot of the comments. As always, there's a link in the show notes to the question. Click through to that. You can have a look at all the answers. Use the hashtag opinions, and your comment may get read out in this next part of the show. Let us know. Write it down. Let us know. Write it down. Let us know your thoughts and bitter in linger now. Write it down. So first up from Johnny Beer Boy at Johnny Beer Boy. Cheers for the pod, lads. I think corkage fee is definitely an interesting topic for an entire pod. Never understood it myself, so be interested to hear maybe from some bars that have it in place. Also, I really like the Seven Brothers new branding, Cool Retro. Uh, from Richard Taylor at Rich Taylor 1608. Good show, guys. Hope you're both doing well in these times of uncertainty. My first thoughts were Peg and Frost. But then for Ackroyd and Belushi, just without the singing. 
so this is Opinions, the movie, who would play <laughs> Steve and myself. And Peg and Frost was my immediate one. Quite like the Aykroyd and Belushi one as that well. That works. Um, yeah. Bit harsh. I don't think Rich has ever heard us sing, to be honest. <laughs> and it's not... It, it's not like Aykroyd and Belushi were the world's best singers either. Um, yeah, no, not at all. And I'd keep those comments, keep those suggestions coming in as well on, on who should play us in Opinions the Movie. Um, from Rao Optimus, at Rao Optimus, uh, nice last episode. Hadn't seen anything past the original Avengers before the lockdown. Is this the right order? And then he was asking what order to do it in, which was obviously going back to the poll that we ran. Uh, and I, I still, I'm still going through at the moment um, in order of release. I'm currently up. My next film is Doctor Strange. So I'm in a really good run of films now heading into to, to Endgame and Infinity War. Oh, you're in a cracking run. And yes, it's in order of release. Every time, yeah. Yeah. Uh, from Simon Clark at Simon Carbon. Catching up the backlog of Beery podcasts. Uh, a Beer O'Clock Show Budvar special. Great content, guys. And now I need to find a Budvar Dark because I don't think I've had one before. Doesn't seem to be readily available in supermarkets, though. Now, I saw this tweet from Simon. And I think uh, you put him in touch. Uh, you mentioned Josh on the tweet. I think Simon from Budvar also came back. And they are trying really hard even in this particular climate, to try and get a few more a few more outlets for the Budvar Dark. It, it sounds like they're trying their hardest to bring it over here, which, which yeah. would be great great to see. But thanks for that con- comment, Simon. Um, we were unsure as to how that Budvar show would work with the, the, the segues and the recorded content, but I'm glad to see that people seem to be enjoying it. Yeah, and um, so far so good. And, you know, I, I still, I mentioned it on the, the Cabin Fever podcast with Owen, it feels like a, an age ago, and it was oh, only two months. It's a lifetime ago now. It's, it's yeah. an absolute lifetime ago. Uh, last one from Lee Houghton at The Links Gent. Uh, thought you'd like this uh, picture of Taris Bulba. Um, tonight, while we're on lockdown, better to be safe than sorry. You never know. I might just get the urge to drop a cask on someone's head. Um, I, that did make me chuckle. Final thoughts on the, the the two beers that we're drinking. So I'm I'm going to jump in first this time. Blues Breaker American Parallel from Cheshire Brewhouse um, is delicious until the last drop. It really is. Um, it's hitting the spot for me. It's got that lovely bitterness again, though. It's got a really soft mouthfeel, and yeah. and it's it's just what Shane is doing with these beers is incredible. In, in, in terms of how he's making them taste coming out of the can. They, they, they taste like canned cast beer. Oh, yeah. That's what I said. I mean, this this stout, which I've basically finished now, 4.5%. Um, it's got whole flower hops as well. It's natural, unfiltered, unpasteurized. Yeah, I've got nothing to add about from the stout than what I said earlier on in the show and just really enjoying it. And like I said, I will quickly say to Michelle, really quickly, really quietly, does she want any of the Cheshire Gap? And hope she says no. <laughs> I don't blame you, mate. Um, but we are we are really grateful to, to to Shane once again for sending us through um, the beers. I know it's a tough time for breweries, um, and, and and for him to be willing to to send us both uh, a, a care package of a, of a good number of his beers. Um, we're so grateful for that, um, yeah. and they are Thank very good beers. Um, so if you, if you, if you do like um, what what you've heard, um, hit Shane up and, and and see how you can how you can get hold of his beers. Definitely.
Now, we'll be back uh, next week. I'm um, going off to enjoy the rest of this bank holiday thing <laughs> that, that, that people keep saying is, is today. Um, I'm probably going to have a few more beers to, to, today. Um, any other plans for today, mate? Um, I haven't got any plans. I'm going to watch a bit more TV, I think. I'll see if I can get Michelle onto the second, second series of Life on Mars now. Okay, well, in, in, enjoy that. And, and as I say, we will be back next week. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.